Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want, where we talk about not only how to survive, but to thrive. I'm your host, Tim Howard, man school strategist, former Army officer, successful Homes for Heroes real estate agent. This show will focus on living a life of greatness, of wholeness and completeness. This show will be talking about our dreams, our goals, and how to go about creating them. So join me to learn how to reflect and design the life you want to live. Tim Howard, the host of Reflect the Life You Want. I'm especially excited today to have Dan Burrell as our special guest. Welcome to the show, Reflect the Life You Want, Dan. Thank you for having me. Excited. Yeah, I'm excited to learn about your book and the less life lessons you've gained from, uh, I've got a copy of it here, The Martial Arts Guide to Finding Your Way to Success, The Dan Do Method. So we're <laughs> going to have a lot of fun talking about that. Um, what I like to do at the start of our episode, you and I have kind of gotten to know each other through Port City Young mm-hmm. Professionals here in Wilmington, and uh, Jenna Curry, the the founder, co-founder of Port City Young Professionals, she's been a guest of this show mm-hmm. previously, and she's actually now a partner with me in my real estate venture title, Realty Partners, here at EXP Realty. So um, it's great to see how small business leaders come together mm-hmm. in the local community and support one another, and when I heard about what you're doing, and Jenna actually had mentioned it to me. I wanted to say, well, let's get Dan on the show and talk about his life lessons in martial arts. And I used to do a little karate back in the day, a Did little you? jujitsu. So nice. I'm <laughs> excited to hear what you've got to share with our guests. So if you would, just give us a little background around Dan, where you're from, yep. what you've done professionally, personally, and where you are right now. Yeah, I uh, grew up in Nebraska, northeast Nebraska, not too far from Omaha, but uh, which is where that's the only place in uh, Nebraska anybody knows is Omaha, so I always have to reference (laughs) where it's at. Uh, I I got out of there uh, when I was about 24, and I just visited Wilmington. Mm -hmm. My brother had moved down here uh, about a year before that and said, come on down and take a look at it. I was looking to move, just get out of Nebraska, really, and um, came down and for, I was here, I think, three or four days and bought a house on the last day. <laughs> I, was, oh, wow. I just, I loved it down here and uh, I didn't want to go back. I still had to go back just to clean things up. I was working. Um, my first career was in architecture. Uh, that's what I went to college for, was uh, drafting in, in architecture. Mm-hmm. And so that was, uh, I could pick that up and do that anywhere. And that's what I, I realized that once I started working, I'm like, oh, I don't have to be in the office here to draw on a computer. Do this anywhere and yeah. talk to my boss. He's like, "Yeah, go wherever you want to," uh-huh. and that was a free pass just to go anywhere on the planet. And I chose Wilmington because I just I loved it here, and that's uh, been here ever since. That's 2004. Yeah, I first came down here in 2002, and I was looking to make a career change. And my wife at the time, we we wanted to kind of choose where we wanted to live first, mm-hmm. and then how to earn a living. And we love the community, and, yeah. and we decided that first weekend we visited <laughs> that this is the place we're going to come make that move. So that's really cool. Yeah. I had a similar experience with that, and we our decision making was pretty quick too. Yeah, I think that, I've heard that numerous times by people, mm-hmm. especially coming from somewhere you know up, up north is where I see a lot of my friends come yeah. from. It's faster pace up there, and they want to just kind of relax down here, but still do stuff. Yeah, and uh, it's seems to be uh, exploding around here. Ever since I moved here, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. We were talking about the growth here last night when we were at a Port City Young Professionals event, but also just how wide open the land is out in the Midwest versus <laughs> what we see in, on the coast. A lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a, a client uh, who's out in 
right smack dab in the center of uh, the state of Nebraska, in Ord, Nebraska. Ord. And uh, we were talking about how the you know the farm like he's in a community of like twenty one hundred people, mm-hmm. and Wilmington. <laughs> That's pretty big. Yeah, Wilmington's. <laughs> Greater metropolitan area, over 100,000 is expected to double like in the next 20, 30 years. Wow. So it's crazy. So tell us about A Martialite's Guide to Failing Your Way to Success. You know, what was the inspiration for this book? What were all the ideas that brought this about and you got behind the idea? Yeah, the ever since I got into martial arts, which I was 13 when I first started, mm-hmm. and just instantly fell in love. And I played a ton of sports and loved all athletic stuff, but martial arts was something different. It, mm-hmm. it was, I couldn't conquer it. I, I could mm-hmm. be good at it, but I couldn't conquer it. And yeah. Put that notch in the belt and say, okay, I've done this, let's move on. I, I never found that moment. Mm-hmm. I did just always something new to st- strive for. And mm-hmm. that's what I loved about it. It's just, it's personal growth. Yeah. And, uh, so I always and I enjoyed books and uh, just the the information I got from so many books. Mm-hmm. I, I love that aspect and I love the creativeness of writing. Mm-hmm. And even as a kid, I was just wanting to write little stupid books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they never went anywhere, but uh, I, I'd always wanted to write a, a book on martial arts. And the uh, the moment came about ten years ago. My one of my black belts was wanted to redo my website because I had done it myself and it looked terrible. I had no mm-hmm. idea what I was doing. He's like, mm-hmm. I actually know what I'm doing. I'll do this for you. I said, thank you for all the training. I'm like, yeah, go for it. And he made this incredible website, which he still runs today. And But his first thing was make sure you keep it updated. The easiest way is a blog. And I'm like, mm. oh, there's my chance to start writing. Yeah. So I just I started with little things, just a, a paragraph or two of something small, and then it got bigger and bigger, and mm-hmm. I started getting some good comments coming back going, I, I really enjoy that. I never thought about that aspect of you know martial arts. Most people think punching, kicking, choking, throwing. <laughs> they don't understand the fact that it can change lives. It, it changed mine. It got me out of some bad situations, yeah. and it had nothing to do with fighting. Mm-hmm. It had to do with the mental state of the lead into the fighting of uh, knowing how to stay calm and have the confidence going, I can deal with this if this goes any farther, but I don't want it to. So I'm just going to walk away or I'm going to say this and calm it down, de-escalate it. So there's so much behind martial arts that people don't understand. Yeah, And that's what I started writing about. And it was geared towards my students at the time. It was just me talking to my students. And then I started noticing people from across the country would say something, send me an email going, hey, that made a lot of sense, and I, I want to get into martial arts. What do you suggest? And I thought, oh, wow, it's a lot more people reading this than I Having expected. Having more influence <laughs> than you realized. Yep. Yeah. So I, I just kept writing, but, you know, been very busy. So running a school, running an after-school program, and being a personal trainer, uh, and then just wanting to be active. I'm always in some sort of sport. Mm-hmm. Right now it's volleyball, but uh, finding time to write, I'm like, I can put in an hour or two every weekend. So yeah. I did that in a new chapter that I posted up on that blog. And that's when I started realizing I can just keep doing this and eventually I'll have enough for a book. Yeah. And that's what I did for 10 years. I was wow. technically it was nine, but that last this past year when COVID hit, uh, I thought, well, I guess I got my moment to now get this edited and compiled and uh Got up with an old friend of mine from baseball. I used to play the hard Frank. Yeah, Frank. Uh, yeah. Been playing around here, and I knew he had published some books. I talked to him, and he's like, "Yeah, we'll do it." 
Like, just send me over the, the script and let me, let me take a look at it, give you some notes. And uh, him and Rhonda went through it and had great notes with it. I, I was so impressed with everything they did. It was perfect. Like, it mm-hmm. turned out better than I expected, and that's a rare thing. <laughs> yeah. I know Frank and Rhonda here in town, too. Yeah. Their, Good people. Uh, their children went to school with my children. <laughs> So that's that, that was cool when I saw that. I said, mm-hmm. Oh man, I know those guys. <laughs> As Dan's publisher, that's really cool. Yep. <laughs> so you took lessons that you were learning from martial arts. Mm-hmm. You started writing this blog, and it was having an impact on yeah. other people. Mm-hmm. That must have been really encouraging yeah. to you. It that was what drew me into the teaching side to begin with. Mm-hmm. I was seventeen, maybe even sixteen when I first started teaching. Because mm-hmm. so I got my black belt around that that time, and mm-hmm. I immediately went into teaching. And being 16, 17, you don't, people don't listen to you at that time. They, they yeah. talk down to you. Right. And But then I'd walk into the studio, and I only taught adults. And mm-hmm. at the time, it was only law enforcement and military. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't have just, there's no kids in there. My instructor wouldn't even let it in. I was by far the youngest. And that's because I went through a taekwondo program first and kind of earned my way into this Hapkido program, Mm -hmm. and then I'm teaching people twice my age, twice my size, that you would look at and go, okay, it's the other way around. He has nothing to give, and I would teach them, and they would listen Mm -hmm. and be respectful and enjoy it, and then we'd talk after class. Like, these were my friends now. Right. Like, I'm befriending, and people are looking up to me. These 30- and 40-year-olds are looking Mm -hmm. up to me, this little scrawny 16-year-old, (laughs) 17-year-old. And I noticed I was helping them, and I thought, God, that's an amazing feeling. Like, why can't I do this anywhere else? <laughs> it's intrinsically rewarding to yes, realize it is. you're able to share what mm-hmm. skills and knowledge you have and make an impact on yep. other people. So that, right off the bat, that's what hooked me into teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, And that just, with the book and the writing, I, I was seeing other people get that. Just through writing, people I've never met before would say nice things, and I'm like, geez. I can reach more people. Yeah. How, how do I build on this? <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. And yeah. it's and it's uh, rewarding to have that kind of validation, mm-hmm. too, of that your ideas that you're sharing are making an Im- impact on other yeah. people's lives. Yeah, I, I got involved in martial arts. My my three boys were going through karate, mm-hmm. and then and I started doing it. My wife started doing it, and <laughs> the whole family was doing it. And before I do it, I was doing a little jujitsu too, but... One of the big things that I learned from it that just really helped me was my just my general self confidence. Like you were talking about earlier, is like my mindset. Yep. I had, uh, I felt more calm. I felt better about myself. I mm-hmm. felt um, more self assured, you know, and felt more confident in different situations. Not that I was looking to get in a fight with anybody, yeah. but it's just like I felt more confident because mm-hmm. I knew how to uh, defend myself, or I knew how to you know do something. Mm-hmm. Or, I f- or I felt good when I was learning a new kata or routine that I needed to learn and perfect. And it was, it was just, just self-satisfying oh, yeah. to be a part of that. It, it's such a huge boost mentally, which then becomes a boost physically and in all areas. Mm-hmm. It's uh, This is something I talked about in, in the book as well. All of my fights that I had were before martial arts. Mm. Once I got into it, I it was satisfying to me. And I, I, looking back, I go, I got into fights because I was insecure about myself. Mm, yeah. Then martial arts built that back up and said, mm. I'm very secure about this. I know mm. exactly what I'm doing here. Yeah. And I don't want to hurt anybody. Right. Like I get where they're coming from now, why mm. they're angry at me. And you just listen. 
and when you let people just talk, <laughs> the, their escalation starts going down. Mm-hmm. And it's because of your confidence that started all that. You just, you feel good about yourself and you allow them to get it out and go, oh, they'll say the things they need to say to, say, to calm themselves down if you give them time. Right. Create it, that it's space. just, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, so after martial arts uh, started, I, all those fights just went away. Yeah. I didn't need to prove it anywhere. <laughs> I proved really cool. it in the studio and in competitions. Like I knew what I could physically do. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to learn it by getting into a fight. Yeah. So that was a life lesson mm-hmm. that you learned at a pretty early age. It probably served you well. Big time. <laughs> many, for many, many years. So give us a sense of, you know, within the uh, martial arts guide way to fi- failing your way to success and the Dan Do method, give us a, a flavor of maybe one of those blogs that turned into a chapter of the book that was really impactful for you, something that you learned that you think might be beneficial for someone else. One of the first ones I actually wrote was about patience. Mm. And we look at patience go, that's a good thing. Everyone should have patience. And you should. Mm-hmm. But we use that as a way not to get up and do something sometimes. Mm. We think, well, if we wait long enough, it's going to happen for us. But it doesn't work that way. Sometimes you got to lose your patience to get up and do something that you don't like about your life. And Got to get into action. Yeah, if, it, it could be... I need to lose weight or get into better health. Mm-hmm. If I just wait long enough, that's not going to change it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Having patience there doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, and I related it to uh, a, a spider making a web. Mm. The, they have to have patience because they wait for their food. Uh-huh. And for us, we don't have to wait for that food. we got to get up and get it or whatever your goal is. Get up and get it. Don't yeah. wait for it. So you can still spin your web about things and set up your life, but you still have to go obtain it. You can't just wait for it to come to you. And uh, that, too, came to me from another book. That There were so many great books, that, and I quote a lot of them in that book, um, that uh, they gave me a lot of inspiration about how to re- retell some of the stories and the ideas that I got from you know, my instructor or from other books or mm-hmm. wherever it may be and mm-hmm. kind of put them into that, into this book here uh, and give them credit for it because that, even though I say it very differently and have it applied to myself, mm-hmm. uh, that seed came from somewhere else. And that's all of life. You, you don't just pop things into your head and it's yeah. got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Well, that's a really cool metaphor, the spider. I never would have thought of that around... Uh, one of the principles we teach in my coaching with a man school, you know, is like once you make that decision, you want to take massive action mm-hmm. and move from being patient to being, otherwise you become uh, complacent or procrastinate. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you've got a really good idea to move into massive action, so you can translate that idea and your that dream that you might have into a goal and actually get the result that you're looking for. So yeah. I'm going to have to read that chapter about the... Uh, <laughs> the spider web and relate that to other guys and share that story because mm-hmm. I, I have groups of guys that I'm leading on a regular basis through the coaching process. So a martial artist guide to failing your way to success, the Dandu method, you're taking lessons that you've learned in life through martial arts that have applications. So s- someone doesn't necessarily have to be a martial artist to read this no. and learn from it and benefit from it. It was... Uh 
really I could wipe out the martial arts side and still have a book. Yeah. Uh, it was just, that's how I related everything because mm -hmm. it was what I was applying it to. And that's who mm -hmm. my student base was. And that's mm -hmm. who I was talking to. So I always related everything to martial arts, but there's plenty of stuff in there that, uh, in most of the stories, um, you know, one of the, I think it was one of the first chapters I talked about, uh, a story with my, my father and my brother. We used to go fishing a lot mm -hmm. and had a small little boat, go out on a lake. And the having this option of doing something is so important. You, mm -hmm. you want to spend your life creating options and never be forced into one path. Mm -hmm. And my brother had slipped on a, a tree that we had posted up in the middle of the lake. There was some moss on it. He was walking back in, slipped and fell in the water. Mm. I immediately started laughing. You know, my brother fell in the water. That, that's hilarious to me. My dad freaked out. Mm. And I, I talk about that story. I'm like, why were we so different? And it was because I had an option. Mm. I knew how to swim. My dad did not. So if something went wrong, uh. I could jump in and get my brother. Uh, my dad couldn't. Mm. He didn't have the option. So immediate, immediately through that one moment, you see all the stress on him and me loving life <laughs> just because I had one extra option than he did. And that's what I think a lot of people, when they say, uh, I'm not a, a fighter, I'm a lover, or I don't want to learn martial arts because of this or because of that, or I don't need to go to the gym for this or that, I don't need to eat, you're taking options away. Mm. And we forget that that has a, a dramatic effect on a lot of things. It's all connected. It's not just that one thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. hopefully you never fight. That'd be great. Yeah. But it, that doesn't change the fact that you just took an option away. Now you mm -hmm. can't fight. Mm -hmm. I would like to have the option to fight if necessary. <laughs> to defend myself. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, ahead of the show, we'd swap some messages. And, you know, the, the theme of the Mirror Book Project, my book project with my co-author, Maria Spears, is Reflect the Life You Want, which is the name of this podcast. And... I always try to relate back with my my guests where does what really resonates for you within the reflect acrostic and you touched on you thought that the uh, recognize the power to change mm -hmm. and to love yourself and let others know that you love them within the reflect acrostic were things that re resonated with you so I'm, I was wondering with what was it about those two chapters or concepts that especially resonated with you the uh the big one that jumped out at me when I was looking through that is, uh, you know, love yourself and lo love others. Because uh, if you don't like who you are, it's really hard to go anywhere, let alone love others and uh, mm -hmm. continue on with what you're trying to do. Because uh, I, I see that a lot as a personal trainer, as martial arts instructor. Uh, there's a lot of things people don't like about themselves. And it's uh, even with myself, I, I'm always self-diagnosing going, OK, why did that go wrong? What, mm -hmm. what did I do wrong here uh, versus blaming somebody else for something that went wrong with me? And uh, so I, I and I get where a lot of people are coming from, especially when it comes to kids. They, they put their kids in front of the, themselves and they're like, I totally get that. But you have to be there for your kids. You have to put that effort into yourself mm -hmm. so you can give effort to somebody else. Can't give from an empty cup. No. And that I see that a lot, and yeah. uh, especially with uh, the, the fitness side of things. Mm -hmm. People, 
they, they let their health go. They, mm-hmm. they fight for the kids, but they don't fight for themselves. And I'm like, you're not going to be around to fight for your kids if you keep doing this. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I'd lost about 50 pounds. Nice. In uh, a couple of years ago. And I had, even before I got involved with the man school, and, and health is one of the key areas of the eight arenas of our, our life that we focus on. And my ability to improve my health, I'm probably at the best uh, physical condition I've been since my late 20s when I was, after I left the Army. And just how much impact that has, not mm-hmm. only physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. how powerful that is. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, our... Our soul, our mind, our body, they're all interconnected. Mm-hmm. And the more we're able to focus on that and be balanced with that, all of life gets better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Build one thing, and that leads you down to building something else. It's yeah. that uh, you know, a body in motion stays in motion, and body at rest stays at rest. If you just Bringing there, in Newton's laws yes. of physics. <laughs> yeah. We do that a lot. The, the, one of the arts I teach is taekwondo, and it's built off of Newton's laws. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we make use of uh, how sine wave works, the body and gravity and weight mm-hmm. into something and not necessarily muscle behind it. Muscle's great to have, and I, I never tell people size doesn't matter. It does matter, but <laughs> uh, it doesn't have to be the defining factor in something. So if you don't have muscle, that doesn't mean you, you can't fight or you can't throw a punch. The, there are ways of doing it that mm-hmm. you can bypass that and make use of Newton's laws to generate power. Hmm. Well, I served in eighty, or excuse me, I served in Korea before I served in the eighty second Airborne. And Taekwondo was mm-hmm. a Korean martial arts, and there were a lot of kids <laughs> and a lot of the service members when they were there that they were going through Taekwondo training. Mm-hmm. It was good, good uh, training for them, a good diversion while they were stationed over there. Oh yeah, stay out of trouble. Yep, that they could be having <laughs> out in the the local village, but. Um, so health is one really powerful aspect of uh, being involved with martial arts. Mm-hmm. And the other key thing, you, you talked about that story of your your brother falling in the, <laughs> the water and your dad. I, I really think about the shift in the perspective and the mindset, just of that simple thing, mm-hmm. how differently we viewed the situation yeah. because we don't have options. If mm-hmm. we can't swim, we don't know how to jump in and save this person. How much that shows up in life. Oh, yeah. It's like we see a set of circumstances and we have totally different judgment about it <laughs> than someone else because of our life perspective. Yeah, it's amazing. Like one of the things I, I love reading psychology books and mm-hmm. behavioral, uh, human behavior and how that happens a lot. Our, everything we know is what makes up our world mm-hmm. and what we've gone through. You know, it, it's not just a genetic thing that makes us make decisions. It's everything we've seen and done. And mm-hmm. if you've got, if you burned your hand in the fire once or twice, you learn not to put your hand in the fire. Right. And sometimes we forget we might be able to put some gloves on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, something simple like that uh, that builds that up. And you know, listening to others and being able to to change. Uh, is such a huge part that there's so much about my life that's changed on a regular basis. I look back five years from now, uh, when I was five years younger, mm-hmm. and go, man, I was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's no way around it. I, I did a lot of dumb things. Mm-hmm. I, I was smart in a lot of areas, but some of the things I think now versus then, and it's just like every five years goes by, and I think, looking back, man, I was dumb five years ago, mm-hmm. really dumb 10 years ago. <laughs> but that's because I want to change all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's just that self-improvement 
uh, we, we got to constantly try and improve. Well, that was the other uh, chapter or theme of the reflect acrostic mm-hmm. that really seemed to resonate with you is recognize the power to change. Mm-hmm. And I wondered what it was about that. You've talked a little bit about that, but if there was something like significant in your life that really happened that caused that to really take hold or if it's something that you could uh, expound upon further. There was many moments. Uh, one big thing that when I was younger, uh, some of the people I hung around with weren't great. Mm-hmm. Like, they are great with me. Like, they're good friends, mm-hmm. but they did some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And I constantly, when they asked me to come out, you know, a Friday night, a Saturday, hey, let's, let's go out. Let's go do something. Mm-hmm. And... I'm like, ah, I, I got to train for this next tournament or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got to go teach this class. And then you find out a couple days later, oh, my friend is uh, in jail right now. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> or he got hurt pretty badly for something. I'm like, oh, that, that, why was I making those decisions? If Why did it take martial arts to get me out of a bad decision, decision mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. So always uh, internally looking, going, why did I do this? Why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can I change it? And to me, early on, it was uh, very important to constantly change, especially when I competed. There was always someone better. It didn't mm-hmm. matter how good I thought I was, someone would beat me. Mm-hmm. But then I think, well, how do I improve on that? So instead of taking, and this is kind of the theme of the book, uh, instead of taking that failure and getting upset with it and then quitting and moving away, I go, that's a learning experience. How can I not fail tomorrow mm-hmm. and make these changes? So that came up a lot, uh, you know, whether it's just in general life, but martial arts happens constantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the, as an instructor, my job is to make you fail, but mm. with control and to help you pass it. Uh, and the for all of our black belts that I pr- produce, I've been here teaching I think 16, 17 years, mm-hmm. and I've got about that many black belts. It's mm-hmm. not a lot, but the, the quality black ble- black belts. And I tell every one of them, you're going to fail at testing. Your black belt testing, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop testing until you fail. Like, I need to see you fail because that's when we really learn about ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's great when you're in the comfort of something and you look at all of your best qualities and that's all you look at. Mm-hmm. You think highly of yourself. That's good, but you have to recognize the things that aren't so great. Mm-hmm. And that's my job, is to show you the parts that aren't great. Mm-hmm. It, it breaks your ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it destroys you, but uh, it, it builds you back up because now you see where you can improve. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, one big thing that happened to me, uh, it was I, I was a third-degree black belt at the time. This would have been, geez almost 20 years ago. Um, and I was a third degree in Hapkido and going for my first degree in Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. And I was teaching students at the time. I, I told all of them like, hey, come on down to this testing. It's an hour away, but uh, I want to show you how to test. You know, mm-hmm. what a black belt test is like. I, I had a bit of an ego. Like, I'll show you how this is done type of mindset. <laughs> Brought them all down there for my first degree testing in a different art. I was already a third degree. I'd like, this is going to be easy. And I had torn my hamstring uh, at the tournament one month earlier, but I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's gonna hurt. I'll push through it. Mm-hmm. You know, throw some kicks out there, and it's fine. But it started, you know, tightening up a little bit, 
And then I had to go do some board breaks towards the end. And one of them was a jump front kick. You jump in the air and you kick about head level with the leg that's not doing so well. Yeah. And I heard it re-tear like pretty yeah. badly and things pop in there. I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I tried my other leg. And uh, after a couple tries, I finally got that one. But then I, I had one try left to get my other board break and uh, it, it didn't go. Mm. It, it was the one that I was most confident with, but I just didn't focus and didn't break. And I just could have stood there and went, wait. Are they going to give me another chance? Mm. I'm a third degree, right? I get another chance, right? Mm. No. Go home. Come back in a two, three, four months whenever you're ready again. Mm-hmm. And I was deflated, ego crushed. Mm. And I was, I didn't want to go back to, to class that next Monday. And I was worried that I lost all those students. They saw me fail. Mm. They've never seen me fail before. Right. And I showed up and they were all there. And they were working 10 times harder because they <laughs> saw how hard it was to pass. Yeah. Yeah. And they took it for granted that if you just show up, you pass. And that's not true. Mm. And they saw me, the person that they thought would do the best, still not pass. Yeah. It, it was a boost to them. And I went, oh, I, I can display my failures now. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It just helps other people. Yeah. And that's a big part of the book. I'm, I'm very self-deprecating in the uh, uh, the book there. I say a lot of stories about how I failed miserably. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel it's important so that people don't think you're perfect on anything because yeah. none of us are perp- perfect. Well, in, in your uh, title, The Martial Arts Guide to Failing Your Way to Success, um, one of the concepts we talk about in the man school is this idea of fail forward fast. And mm-hmm. I've started to shift my language to fall forward fast. Mm-hmm. Because my mindset is, as long as I'm moving forward, mm-hmm. I'm not failing. It's when I quit, oh yeah, I stop trying that then I fail. Permanent. <laughs> then it's, but it's cool uh, that through your own humility and having the experience of not passing that exam, mm-hmm. that first test, how much powerful impact it had on your students. It's like, oh okay, Sensei Dan is humble, <laughs> and he's he's human being too, and he can. Mm-hmm. And now we know how hard we got to work. Yep. In order to be successful, it ended up being a very powerful, oh, positive yeah. lesson for all of your students. Yep, and for me, I I think I learned more from it than they did, and they took a lot away from that. That yeah. it was life changing. That moment of realizing I can fail and be okay with it. Mm. That that's tough. Most people, yeah, spend their whole life trying not to fail, but because of that, they don't try. They don't try. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, one of the underlying themes of the Recognize the Power to Change in that chapter is this concept of hope mm-hmm. and how powerful hope is in guiding us to keep moving forward. So I wonder if that's come into play or is part of your stories in the book, um, how hope has come into play and yeah. recognizing the power to change. It is. You, you, you can never let go of the hope. Uh, but we also have to understand that that's just the first step. Mm-hmm. You, you have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And there, there's something I, I taught, and again, this is something that came from uh, another book um, that I'd read and uh, about hope and wishing and praying. Like, these are all fine things, but uh, you can't rely on them if you just kind of move forward with it. Because so many people just hope that things change. We mm-hmm. wish this was better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to pray for this to work out. That's fine, 
but what are you doing, right? <laughs> you, you have to follow it up. Yeah. So have that hope because it's a good way to guide you into that direction, mm-hmm. but you have to do something behind it. Got to move into action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we talk about this expression, God can't steer a parked car. <laughs> yeah, so we got to get exactly. moving. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, um, throughout the book, it's got all kinds of great stories, the martial arts guide to finding your, failing your way to success. So couple questions I always like to ask all my guests mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to relate back to the reflect acrostic of the mirror project book is if if you could share with each of our listeners right now what is it within your life currently that you're working on to reflect more of the life that you want to live for yourself what would that be a social life <laughs> 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 I spent so many years working incredibly hard it started with my first career of uh, in architecture. I, I was wanting to get better, move mm-hmm. up, build mm-hmm. this career, then focus on family and friends and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then two th- 2008 happened. Yeah. Wiped out the entire everything. It, it, my whole department, my career, gone. And I thought I had a really secure job. I, yeah. I, had, I did a lot. And it was taken away without my control. Mm-hmm. I didn't mess it up, and that was very frustrating, but then I turned it into my martial arts studio. I, I went full-time with it at that mm-hmm. point, and so I worked hard again and over and over and I, bypassing relationships and friendships and mm-hmm. friends saying, hey, come over to do this, and uh, I got I to gotta work on this mm-hmm. now. And next thing you know, I, I'm 40 now and going, oh, I missed a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. I worked so hard. Mm-hmm. And then you get COVID that essentially wiped out my business again. I'm rebuilding yet again. Yeah. And I'm like, at what point do I accept the fact that I can't control this as much as I'd like mm-hmm. to and start building on this personal life? And it's something at the very end of the book that I, I discuss. And it, it's tough to admit that some of the, the hard work in quotes was just work mm. and it wasn't improving a whole lot. It just felt like I need to be doing something to improve. And the thing that if I would have done earlier could have improved the most is if, is building relationships, mm. having more people around to help out, which is yeah. you know, the whole networking event. Yeah. You know, uh, that's the biggest reason I go there. Mm-hmm. It's not just for building my business, it's meeting new people. And because that's something I skipped over, didn't realize how important that was until, I hate to say it's too late, it's not too late, but mm-hmm. it, it's feeling like it's getting there. And so closing that chapter of the book was, uh, I need to put more time into to me in relationships mm-hmm. and friendships and not just work all day long. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a big thing there. Yeah. Well, that's how you and I first connected through mm-hmm. uh, Port City Young Professionals in the yeah, I'm very intentional about cultivating relationships with people and, you know, tying back to that love theme, you know, love yourself, let others know that you got to have relationships with people and friendships is one of the eight areas of the arena of life in the man school and having deep friendships, you know, you don't have to have a lot of them necessarily, mm-hmm. but if you have a few that are really life fulfilling, people that inspire you, mm-hmm. they encourage you, they edify you, uh, they hold you accountable sometimes when you need to be held accountable but they confront you lovingly, yeah. then they're able to do that. It's, it's so, so powerful mm-hmm. to have. Uh, 
And I've got some support too. Yeah. That's something I missed a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're being intentional now about Mm -hmm. getting out and doing that. What's the benefit you're seeing of that so far? Uh, Business-wise, more people know me, and Mm -hmm. when they know you personally, then they they trust your business more, and they talk more about you. So business-wise, that goes up, and Mm -hmm. that's something, again, I missed. I was working so hard to connect to clients and students versus Mm -hmm. friends. Right. Uh, And then through friends and through activities, you meet more people. Right. (laughs) It's just been, it's an important factor that I completely overlooked. Mm -hmm. And in the back of your mind, you know it. Mm -hmm. You just don't want to admit it sometimes. And again, Mm -hmm. that was my greatest failure of this entire, all the stories I have in there. I admit it at the very end that that was my biggest failure. So you're, you're learning from your own life experience that, hey, I want to be better at this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put this out. One thing I've, I've found that's very powerful um, in um, the writing process, and it's kind of, it's almost healing. Mm-hmm. It's like if I can disclose that this is something I've struggled with in my life and just get it out there yep. and kind of put that shame aside. Everybody knows now, <laughs> hey, I've struggled with this issue. Uh, how liberating that is. It's therapeutic. Yeah. It, it dramatically helped me, too, with the... I had insomnia my entire life. Mm. If I got to bed within, or if I fell asleep within two hours, that was rare. Mm. Just, I'd go two weeks without sleep sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was bad, and I always had it. Mm-hmm. And I've tried a lot of different things. That the doctors threw every drug they knew. Mm-hmm. None of it worked. Uh, I, I exercised, helped for a little bit. I, I could run away from the insomnia for about a year, and then it started creeping back in. Mm. Uh, And then the very first chapter I wrote, I fell asleep instantly. And I've never had insomnia since. To just kind of get this stuff out there. It got out of my brain. That's what was keeping me up, is just those things bouncing around your brain going, you got to do this, you got to do that. Why don't you tell people about this? And it it calms the brain, and it gets it out. Yeah, we talk a lot about in the man school around, uh, you know, replacing unhealthy or toxic thoughts with healthier thoughts and sometimes just getting it out there mm-hmm. can be very powerful. So that's really cool. So you've learned a lot for yourself and uh, you're applying this more in terms of making more connections with people, mm-hmm. building a social life, uh, having more of a personal life above and beyond mm-hmm. what you're doing business-wise. So if you were to then from all the things you've learned in life and and even in the recent years, is if you, there's one piece of advice that you could give to anyone to reflect more of the life that they would want to have, what would that be? To listen. Mm. Listen to what people tell you, mm-hmm. what they demonstrate to you. Mm-hmm. I've missed it a lot. Uh, with students, they'll say little things like, oh, I don't want to work with that person over there. Can I work with this person? Mm-hmm. And you know, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. But you, you forget to stop and go, wait, why? Mm. Oh, that person is overzealous that they're hurting people. Mm. And next thing you know, that student leaves. Mm. You're like, why did that person leave? Mm. And if I would have listened and really got to the point of why they said that, it would have been important. I could have kept that student and found a way to fix it. And same thing with your own personal development. People let you know. And I I heard it. Uh, Friends going, oh, I I really wish you'd come to this event. Uh, I, I gotta get, I gotta get this done. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't listen, yeah. and I, I wish I would have. And they, they tell you, and even with uh, a lot of people want to get their opinions out, and that's great. Let them get it out, uh, but they 
stop listening once they get their opinion out. Yeah. They would only want to give you theirs. They don't want to take it back. Take it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. A couple of principles come to mind. One is, you know, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of uh, Highly Effective People, talks about seek first to understand. Then That's actually a biblical principle. Um, but, you know, listen in order to respond as mm-hmm. opposed to react with whatever you've got in your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's something my co-author, Maria Spears, we, we were actually, uh, we were recording an episode for the podcast with her and her co-host of Girl, Water Your Grass. And one of the things that she's learned that she was sharing with me that made even more sense for us in our collaboration is this idea when you're trying to understand someone is to be curious mm-hmm. and ask more questions to seek greater understanding. And one of the root words in the etymology of curious relates to caring. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, it just was so powerful. It's like, wow, oh, this is why you're asking a question sometimes when you don't understand me is you're curious, but you really care. Mm -hmm. You care about me about as a person, you care about me and really seeking, wanting to understand in order before you respond. And that, that just kind of a light bulb went off. It's like, wow. Mm -hmm. It's, it's huge. The, Showing people that you care mm-hmm. is critical. Mm-hmm. And this, too, early on with martial arts, especially with kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't start teaching kids until, man, 2008, 2009, when I went full-time. I mm-hmm. went, man, i got to reach more students. Mm-hmm. But I'd never been around kids. Yeah. I, I was always the youngest, and <laughs> I thought, I don't know how to deal with these kids. Yeah. And so I was a little distant with some of them treat them like adults, which actually helped. They, they didn't. I wasn't talking down to them. And right. that was a big part of that. And that was that first little connection mm-hmm. that I made with youth students. Mm-hmm. But what you find out is uh, a lot of the students, especially with my after-school program, the parents put them in it for mm-hmm. discipline reasons, behavioral issues, mm-hmm. uh, and the kid doesn't always want to be there. Right. Sometimes they do. M- many times they do. But uh, there's times where I can tell this kid does not want to be here. Mm-hmm. But then you ask questions. Why? Yeah. Why do you not want to be here? It's okay if you don't want to. I'm glad you told me. Now yeah. I know. And they'll tell you, and then they'll tell you more mm-hmm. and tell you a little bit more. Yeah. The next thing you know, they feel they have a, a best friend. Yeah. And they want to show up tomorrow. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> you got to show them you care somehow. Yeah. Well, you're, the skill of listening actively and caring by asking curious questions like that has, I'm certain, made a lot of impact on a lot of mm-hmm. younger people in your life. So I'm excited that you've written this book, A Martial Arts Artist's Guide to Failing Your Way to Success, The Dan Do Method. If people want to connect with you, Dan, find out where they can buy the book or they want to f- connect with you to learn how to get engaged at your martial arts mm-hmm. studio, what are some of the best ways to reach out to you? Uh, through my email is probably the, the easiest way. Uh, it's dan at burrellmartialarts.com. Uh, Burrell spelled B-O-U-R-E-L-L-E. Uh, my website, same thing, burrellmartialarts.com. Uh, any of my Facebook, uh, the page uh, or Instagram. Uh, I have Twitter. I'm just never, I've never figured that one. Yeah. I'm pretty bad when it comes to technology. <laughs> I've actually had other people do a lot of my social stuff, but I'm slowly figuring it out now, do myself. Um, and if they want to stop by the studio, we're at 800 Shipyard. Uh, we're in Unit 4. The uh, I'm selling the book there, but you can also get that really anywhere. Uh, Amazon and Barnes & Noble, any of the, the major sellers uh, all have the book in stock. So Excellent. Well, when we post the podcast episode, we'll make sure to include links uh, mm-hmm. in the episode notes for people can reach out, get a copy of your book, learn more about uh, 
where your martial arts studio is. And it's mm-hmm. just been a distinct pleasure to have you on the show today. I appreciate you showing up and being vulnerable and sharing some of your life's lessons and hopefully will impact some people in the listening audience. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Thank you.